1: I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience.
0: Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hello, my darling. Iskra is a bright light. She's a humble, charming model, mama, and entrepreneur. And in this episode, she tells the truly incredible story of how she came to be a model, which is beyond fascinating. The hardships of pregnancy and postpartum and what drove her to start her new body care brand, Salt Dare. This is a good one. I truly had such a good time catching up with her. So please, please, please enjoy. Um, I would like to start this podcast by letting you know that the mechanism that you recommended to stretch your vagina to make birth easier. I saw you post about it and I had someone from England ship it to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she did it. The epi no is a yes. Yes, the epi. It's a yes from us. I watched. It, it is was not it, FDA approved.
0: No, nothing <laughs> is. By the way, that I enjoy, so it's fine. You, I watched your video about it. And I have a friend in London and I was like, I'm ordering this to your house and you got to ship it to me.
1: <laughs> it just made sense. I was like, I am in training.
0: Yeah, I approached birth like training. Absolutely.
1: So yes. I worked out like more on the build up to giving birth than I did after.
0: <laughs> I've never worked out more in my life than when yeah. I was pregnant.
1: Yeah, And right.
0: I. it's sad because now I'm like, um, <laughs> I now wish you I got that behind. I
1: know. I was just explaining this to someone the other day how it felt like, as someone who had an eating disorder, it felt like the pressure was off thinking about myself and thinking about, like, mm-hmm. nourishment and mood. It was, like, all for this precious little human that was growing inside me. And I was like, I need to give them the best possible environment. Mm-hmm. And then they leave your body, and then you're just an asshole You're back to,
0: like, yeah. So yeah. I,
1: I think that that's a tricky thing to navigate that no one really talks about. I mean, we, we're trying to talk more about postpartum, and it is very personal, and it's very different for every single person, but the idea that you are precious and you're growing something and like there's something just so wonderful about that and you were just like obsessed with what your body's doing and da, da, da. and then all of a sudden you're kind of empty uh-huh. you know it's 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 a really big challenge and when you have this beautiful baby you know you need to seem to be really joyous and happy and grateful <laughs> every day which you are but at the same time you're also Lost and mm-hmm. maybe missing that and not looking after yourself and all yeah. this other stuff.
0: I know I had a perfect like mom morning this morning where like nothing went right and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna work out for 20 minutes. And I put her down for her nap and she woke up and I was like, fuck, hmm. that's not the plan. And she was she was like yep. this, it was it wasn't like a oh I'm like don't want to be in here cry. It was a <laughs> <laughs> kind Aww. of cry. And I was like, I can't ignore that. Like that was mm. horrible. And then put it was just and then And then it was time for me to leave my house to do my work day. And I was still like in the workout clothes and I was like, "Here's it is another day where it's just not (laughs) happening.
1: It's funny because I've tried to plan more and more and get into routines more and more. But it's funny because it's harder than it's ever been. I never had routines before and I feel like I have to now. But it's harder to stick to the routines now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. Well, now
0: you're a founder. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's definitely not a nine to five. <laughs> no,
0: What was the genesis of Saltair?
1: So Saltair was, it was my desire mm-hmm. to try and get the message of body acceptance and self love, and giving people a self care ritual that was accessible. Because I've been in the fashion industry for so long, and I'd always seen the limitation there, usually because of size you know, I'd worked for brands and I could do so much, but there was always a limitation. You know, I didn't own the brand. I didn't have the funding of the brand. I would never get in the boardroom and be able to convince people. So it was like, I need to own my own brand one was day. Was it
0: frustrating to work on campaigns where you're like, uh, this is not how this should look. This is not what you should do.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I've And, you know, it got better and better as I had more leverage and I was able to work with brands that cared more. Mm-hmm. But there were so many times where if I raise my voice, I'd be ignored or, mm. you know, you just don't get booked again. It's, and I definitely got, I wouldn't say it was like threatened, but I do remember being with an agency that was like, you're being too vocal. No one's going to book you. <laughs> it was like, I should be able to speak up. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, because I think the tricky
0: part there is if a brand is actually uh, being accepting of all bodies, mm-hmm. you don't want to be someone that they're just getting their check mark for, right? right. That like we're being inclusive. Mm-hmm. It's really should be, you should be able to have a bit of an opinion or be heard mm-hmm. if you're going to be the face of a campaign not just like, okay, well, we got that girl, and we got this girl, and we got that girl, because that has There is, is a lot of tokenism still
1: in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we talk about positions of power, like there's there's so much you can do when you're the visual image for a campaign or for a brand. But we also need to get those voices, you know, in the boardroom and listened to and heard and just people in positions of power that are more diverse and inclusive. Um, but yeah, there was definitely points where I felt like I was led on. It was like, yeah, we're listening, we're going to do that in the future. Yeah, yeah, we'll increase sizing, it's going to happen in a 7 years later, still nothing. So, for me, I was like, if I start a brand, I have to work with people who 100% believe in this too. And when we're talking about brands, it has to be a product that I feel isn't available yet, right? Mm-hmm. So, I was looking at this white space in the body care where there was so much innovation happening in skincare and there's so much innovation happening in makeup. And I was like, where's the joy and the excitement and the fresh new brand in body care? Yeah. And so I found really great products and they were also not accessible price point wise that I thought were-
0: I feel the same way about
1: that. Because yeah.
0: washing your body is
1: like- a. It's a- it's, it's a part basic of your life. <laughs> yeah, it's something basic. You're you're using that and it's just going, you know, it is going down the drain, right? Yeah. And you're getting through it quickly. So that was honestly the biggest draw to being part of like a body care brand and movement was I was like, I need to start something that people are gonna use on their bodies every day mm-hmm. and appreciate and they're gonna touch their body. They're gonna feel a connection, they're gonna be excited to use it. And during postpartum, I stopped showering. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even think I was aware of how many days I would go without showering my mm-hmm. body. And that made me feel even worse about myself. Yeah. Because you just feel icky. Yeah, you know. You just don't feel fresh or alive or presentable even. Mm-hmm. And that's just not how I used to be. So I definitely felt a little bit lost. And I remember saying to Philip, I was like, I think I need... 10 minutes. I was
0: just going to ask like what your partner felt about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was always just like, I'm here to support you whatever you need. There was times where I'd pass him the baby and say, I can't right now. And what was really great is we did have that and we've always had this communication that's been very honest and open and we're not embarrassed to say when we're maybe thinking help. things that feel a bit ugly to us, where I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm frustrated with our baby right now. I don't like feeling this. And I feel awful s- admitting that I am. Mm-hmm. Can you just take him? Because I need to go cry in the toilet. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, And he's always just been like really supportive and having that open line of communication. Did
0: you talk about that? I don't want to interrupt you, but this no? is a point that I think is really important. Did you talk about what it would be like when you were parents or have you always just had a communicative relationship?
1: That's a good question. I mean, neither of us were expecting to become parents this quickly. Mm. We'd only been together two years.
0: That's a good— I mean, that's a Two years more than a lot of people.
1: Two years and like eight months of that was more like friends.
0: Oh, got it. Okay.
1: So it happened quicker than we had anticipated. And so— that was the main the main conversation. It was just one of those. I felt like I was in high school again. I was like, <laughs> "Are you are you going to leave me because we're going to have a baby too soon and you didn't think about it?" And then, yeah, you know, just all of these. Que- we were just and then we wrote letters to each other. I, f- I forget about this. <gasps> we wrote letters to each other because I said I think it's going to be really hard to communicate in person. All those like honest, like super raw, potentially ugly things that we might be worrying about or thinking. So let's write notes to each other and do them separately and then just pass them to each other. I know most of mine were fears about him leaving us Mm. because I was worried he wasn't prepared. And a lot of his fears were like, I don't know if I'm ready to be a dad but I know that I'm going to commit to this. So we almost answered each other's other's question. Yeah. In those. Yeah. So that was a really wonderful bonding experience. And then we just kept it private for, I want to say nearly five to seven days from anyone. Mm. And we just like really worked through it and, I mean, we didn't live together. It was like, where are we going to live? What are we going to do? And then it, instead of something that felt really scary, to mm-hmm. be honest, it became just super exciting. And then we got excited to tell people, and we're like, this is meant to be. You know, this was the plan that we didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's just been the greatest joy of our <laughs> life. But yeah, the whole way through… We read a couple books, you know, and we talked to a few people, but it felt like most of our friendship group wasn't there yet mm-hmm. until we found out that Philip's best friend was also oh, great. pregnant. She was 10 days behind us. So we went through this together. And that was great for me as a woman oh, to just be Yes. Like, have you got a mucus plug? (laughs) Have you got this? Have you got, you know, just, are you peeing 52 times in the night? Like just stupid questions that if I didn't have someone, I probably would have gone crazy. I was
0: shocked by how many things I experienced that my friends, because I was the last of a lot of my friends that I grew up with. You know, I have like my friends who are super entrepreneurial and like still live in the city and are like some of them are, you know, single and it's a different life. The girls that I grew up with are on like their second and third children. And so I remember like every little thing I was going through, I would call them and be like, why didn't you call me and say that like your nipples had turned a different color? Or like, like I was like, how, I was like, how do we have a real friendship if you went through all of this and never told me about it? Mm -hmm. I felt really weird about that.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. The friends who I had, yeah, did I have like, kids. And I'm like, How are you not calling me every two seconds telling Absolutely. me all this shit? Absolutely. I think, and I've noticed with my friendships now, I am drawn to the other moms because mm-hmm. I just feel like we can relate on so many different things. And it's been harder. I obviously moved state, my career changed a lot. So keeping those friendships that were like, In New York City, very much kind of from the industry. It's been almost impossible to keep those relationships. And you can't be hard on yourself. No,
0: because it doesn't serve It doesn't
1: mean they're gone forever. It just means that other relationships are speaking to you more right now. Mm -hmm. And you just lean in.
0: I know I like did a group chat with my like mm. most fun like party girls like <laughs> three nights ago and I was like guys I'm still cool <laughs> like
1: absolutely please
0: if we do dinner in two weeks I'm gonna put it on yeah. the calendar I just want to party and get drunk with you
1: guys <laughs> absolutely I, I know I text a couple girls I was like we need a Miami trip <laughs> can we book this in please lock it in
0: because <laughs> it's good to be reminded that you're I think that's the balance right mm-hmm. it's like making sure that you haven't lost yourself too much in the mom stuff. You've
1: got all the parts of you that were, Mm -hmm. plus some new ones. But what happens, it feels like the mom just takes (laughs) over everything, you know? And it's just your whole mind. Every perspective you have of every decision you make, of every minute of the day is different. I know. You see it from a mom perspective, Mm -hmm. not an Iskra perspective. And so I think for me, founding Soltaire was at a really wonderful time Because I needed that. I needed that reminder that I was still creative. I was Mm -hmm. still ambitious. I could still build something that meant something to people. And so, yeah, body care, I knew that I was able to get to people and they would be able to use our products Mm -hmm. and feel something and hopefully be reminded that every time they use it, it's like, take those moments for yourself. You know, and that's why we made it $12.
0: Yeah, which is amazing.
1: You know, so it's like actually accessible because mm-hmm. I feel like I have used amazing products in the past, and you know, maybe I've been sent them because obviously I get influencer PR packages, and then I'm like, oh, fifty dollars to get some more of that scrub that isn't I it, used up in like five uses. I'm like, ah, uh,
0: isn't it? Wow. There was one time I post something and I was like, this stuff is so good, and someone was like, are you kidding me? That's so expensive. And I was like, oh my god, I've been <laughs> like, yeah. I would because I would never want to ever promote something if I didn't know. Like there are times where I'm like this is so expensive but like Jesus Christ this is worth (laughs) it. You know like really but for the most part I don't ever want to make people feel isolated by that. Mm -hmm. And body wash is or body care is such a specific thing. I don't remember I mean, I remember one time when I was little, like one big brand, it was like Dove had done a campaign about body wash. And I remember being like, oh, like I want to wear, I want to use that cool body wash, but Mm. it doesn't have ingredients that my morals are aligned with. Now, Mm. I mean, you know, know, now it's different, but I remember just thinking like, so I think it's-
1: But think about how many moments there's been in makeup and how many trends there's been in skincare. Like, it's just like, it was time. It's time. For a really fun body care brand to just- Get you excited. Like, mm-hmm. you've seen our bottles. They're, They're so cute.
0: The branding is…
1: You know, and the aluminum, it's sustainable. It's yes. just like, let's really put some thought into this. It's not… an People go to the grocery store and pick up any old body wash.
0: It's going all over your body. I don't… We don't have one that we, like, love. Like, my husband's always like, oh, whatever. Like, we just use kind right. of, like, whatever. And you have seven different scents, right?
1: Yeah. So, we have Including six. Including that one have that's unscented. And Yeah. Because… Yeah we really really love our fragrances they are mm-hmm. sensorial they are evocative they take you to a different planet mm-hmm. if you want to be on a tropical island you've mm-hmm. got island orchid you know if you want to be by the beach you've got laguna um, and that was really important because i said about that shower having those 5 mm-hmm. minutes that might be your escape totally you know but i feel like we had to because our brand is about everybody is welcome here mm-hmm. also do an unfragrance just cuz there are people who are super super you know sensitized in their skin but We create every fragrance specifically to make sure every skin was going to be, you know, okay.
0: Which one does your man
1: like the most? Oh, he likes Black Tide. That's like our number one most masculine gender neutral Mm -hmm. fragrance. But it still is really seductive and sexy. And um, I love it for date nights.
0: Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) How nice is it that you can smell your man and be like, I made that smell. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. I mean, we've got some other products coming too. And like there's one and he's obsessed with it. So I'm I'm excited when we expand because again, men need to be welcomed into the conversation of body Mm -hmm. acceptance and feel like they're part of brands that are doing things that are empowering. So we're definitely focused on speaking to all people.
0: What was the most surprising part of this new like aspect of your career?
1: you know what, I'm going to be honest, it was the sales aspect. Mm -hmm. Because I've been on the other side and I've been the the face of campaigns and I kind of get to show up, be on set, talk about shoots. I get to, for some brands, you know, I did advocate to be in marketing meetings and fit meetings. But I was never in the sales meetings. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm learning about, obviously, all the different sales channels, all the different ways that we get consumers to get interested in our brand and then obviously follow through and make sales and how important that is Profit margins. So it's (laughs) that has been fascinating and humbling. Because it's always good to learn something new.
0: I think it's really funny when people criticize. You know, I have a couple brands. And when people will say like, why didn't you do this or that? And I'm Mm. like, have you? Do you understand how many people (laughs) this goes through? And how many people this whole thing can't exist without money and people making sure that sales are happening. And like, how could you, I mean, have you noticed how frustrating it is to be like, you've completely undermined a decision that was so specific and thought out and considered.
1: Mm -hmm. Isn't
0: that an odd part of it?
1: It's hard. I think we have to be realistic as consumers, right? Mm -hmm. If we're just constantly wanting people to have this perfect brand with the perfect message, with the perfect price point, the perfect point, (laughs) like it's just, with everyone's trying, but it's just it is really, really hard. And, you know, with the sustainability aspect, it was like, How can we make this as sustainable as possible? So mm-hmm. that's why we chose aluminium. And then the aluminium bottles arrived and some of them had little dings and dents in. Yep. And some people, you know, wanted to complain about that. And, you know, we thought long and hard and it's very costly as a brand to obviously completely replace them. And we said, Well, the thing is that why does it have to be perfect? You know, we, and so that's why we did like embracing our imperfections, bottle positivity, <laughs> show us so your cute. dimples. Like we would just really try to play off it in a lighthearted way. I know,
0: which I think is so smart because by the way, I don't know. So I have an olive oil brand as well and we sell these huge tins mm. and they come dented all the time. Yeah. And I saw you say all that and I was like, I got to copy this. Like,
1: Join in. <laughs> this is what we want to do. Because
0: it's, we are, the olive oil is, some it's a war it's some of the most special oil in the world it's on Mm. a farm that's been there for thousands of years it's a family it's making it since 1916 there's never been a like they notice if there's extra pollution in the air because there's a few extra bees that year like that's how wonderful this product is and Mm. people will be like there's a dent in it And, and I started to be like oh my god oh my god they're upset about the dents like and then, you know, calling, you know, our, our partners and being like, what do we do? And they're like, tell them the oil's still fine. And I'm like, but they but they don't care. They want a beautiful tin on their counter. And they're like, and then they're complaining. They're like, what's less sustainable than resending?
1: Right. Well, this is what we were talking about. It's we were crazy. like, we don't want to add extra packaging no. and filler. That goes against everything that we're trying to do. So hopefully, you know, yeah. show us your dimples will spread. And, you know, everyone will realize because we're just trying to do Our best. It's a smart,
0: positive way to Mm -hmm. explain. I I think everything always comes down to we're doing our best. Yes. And it's a very smart, positive way to tell your customer, like, we're literally doing our best here. Like, you Mm -hmm. want me to fill this with a bunch of, like, plastic popcorn crap?
1: And look, it's it's taken this much effort to get to you. (laughs) (laughs) You know? It's its own little journey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it has a story. It has a
0: story. So cute. Oh, my God. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in life, which is your relationship with yourself. Listen, most of us will drop anything to help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well, but what about how you treat yourself? Listen, there is nothing easier truly as your friend than betterhelp.com. Imagine you do not have to drive to a therapist's office. You do not have to call a bunch of people for recommendations. You just go online. You can get help within 48 hours. You can change therapists quickly and easily without having to drive to another office or do in-person. And you can text or email your therapist at any time and they will give you thoughtful responses. There's no excuse for feeling bad or being hard on yourself anymore. This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does, and therapy is a great way to make sure that you are showing up for yourself. BetterHelp Online Therapy offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see them on camera if you don't want to, and it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And You can be matched, like I said, with a therapist in under 48 hours. Just give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and everything is the best listeners can get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com Pia. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Pia. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking athletic greens because I know with my busy schedule and the crazy schedule of my mom and my husband, that not all of us are getting the nutrition we need to start our day takes a lot of time. I want better gut health. I want more energy and optimized immune system and taking tons of vitamins can be a chore. So, What is Athletic Greens? Well, Athletic Greens is 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole foods-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which is my favorite, to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, focus, aging. Your skin glows. So I wake up every morning, and we just pour a scoop of this stuff into water. Honestly, I just mix it up. I chug it. It's no big deal. Sometimes I'll add it to a smoothie, but it does not taste bad. And let me tell you what's amazing. It's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it is right for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals. There's nothing artificial. It supports better sleep and recovery. And guess what? It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com best Four, Again, that's athleticgreens.com best and the number four to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. From Dear Media and rom Pods comes a scripted podcast so outrageously inappropriate, we can't believe
1: they let us put it on the air.
0: Meet my best friend, Allie. Like, gross, close best.
1: Hello? Wait.
0: Are you clear? Everyone loves a messy bitch. And Allie's life was about to get a whole lot messier.
1: Maybe 2022 is going to be my year.
0: Yeah, 2022 is definitely not going to be her year. Allie's going to bone, marry, and bury three different people. Get it? Bone, marry, bury? Like, fuck, Mary kill. I just wanted to say that, but it didn't clear legal. Ready to play? Introducing Bone Mary Berry, starring Sarah Hyland, Harvey Guillen, and Tommy Martinez. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this. Bone Mary Berry is brought to you by Saqqara, Modern Fertility, Blueland, and Roderm. So, for people who don't know, Mm -hmm. when did you start modeling? How did that happen?
1: Yes. So I'll try and keep it brief-ish. I
0: know it's a huge part of your story. And so yeah. for people who don't know, I would love to. I was,
1: so I, I was born in the UK, in mm-hmm. England. And I was 12 when um I saw Elgar Search for Supermodel, which I had to be a part of. Mm-hmm. I was already very into fashion and dressing up and loved the idea of photo shoots. We're kind of creating art with your body and you get into work with a team. I just... I was. it was very romanticized in my head. So I entered the competition when I was 13, like out of the age limit and got through to the finals. I didn't win, but I got scouted, at which point I'm on the books with an agency, but I couldn't, you know, fully model yet because I was still too young. So for the next two years, I was essentially kind of put on trial where I was consistently measured. And then I would do like test shoots and do some little runways. And it just became apparent very quick that I was hitting puberty and my hips were coming in. And very, very quickly, I started not fitting into sample size. And I could see that my body shape was very different from the other models when I was there. And I eventually got dropped. And then they gave me a list of 11 agencies that were kind of well-established in the UK to go. And every single one rejected me. Or And they gave me the weird excuses of like, oh, you're too curvy, too commercial, too mature, like too something. And some of them would even have a sheet of paper where they'd rate everything out of 10. Your hair, your skin, your... <gasps> Everything.
0: How, 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 how old did this mean? 16? 15. Oh, God.
1: Yeah. So that, and you know what? I've Me and my mom have spoken about it now, but at the time, I'm, I've always been very driven. My mom knew that I wanted this really badly. So she helped, you know, by helping me measure myself or reminding me like mm-hmm. what made me look slimmer. And, you know, and the industry and everything I was going through obviously led me to unhealthy eating mm-hmm. behaviors and looking at my body and seeing something that wasn't necessarily reality. So I had body dysmorphia and eating disorder and I was completely undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. I did not have access to resources or had no idea that that even existed. Turns out even my grandma had bulimia and Mm. no one knew or talked about it. So that was kind of my teenage chunk of years. And I ended up going with really kind of Local basic agencies and doing flyering, you know, doing little events, whatever I could do to just stay in there and build my way back up. Because it was weird; it was like I was with the top agency, scouted by, you know, the Sarah Dukas who scouted Kate Moss. It felt like I was like there, and then it all just got taken away. And I blamed my body and my size for that. So many, many years of thinking there was something wrong with myself. And then I remember one day being at like a local college fashion show I was doing. I mean, all this stuff is basically unpaid, you know. Mm-hmm. And this girl said, did you know there's something called plus size modeling? I was like, plus size modeling? What? Like, what's that? I had no idea what it was. And she said, look, in the US, they have these amazing models that are in larger bodies. Why don't you apply for that? At this point, I'm still only probably a US six.
0: Yeah, I was like, you know, that's my next question. It's like, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm God. still… Small, yep. like I much smaller than the body I'm currently in, and so I was excited because I did think, "Wow, is there another way to do this?" Mm-hmm. And so I did go and I went and saw one plus size agency that was in the UK. There was barely any, and I think it was like three at the time, maybe two even. And they said, "You're far too small." Like, I just say they told you, you were too small, huh? No way, you have to be bigger. Come back. So then I was like are they telling me to put on weight when I've just spent the last six years trying to lose Mm -hmm. weight to fit? And that was where the real like kind of anger slash just like F this. I'm not going to keep on trying to change myself. I need to change this. Like clearly I'm not the problem. Clearly this is the problem. Mm -hmm. So from there on, I realized, I don't know how I realized it, but I realized if I was the only model that was like the in-between size, maybe I could be booked because I was different and a unique size. So I started cold calling brands, clients, local grocery stores. Good on stores. you. Good <laughs> on you! Tesco's. Someone listening to this might know what Tesco's is, but I was like, do you need a model? I'm actually just like a regular size, like an in-between size. I can really speak to your customer. Um, and so I did a lot of swimwear and a lot of lingerie. And I basically was like, the D cup. So they'd have like a B cup Mm -hmm. and they'd have me doing the D cup and then they'd have potentially sometimes not a plus size model who would had like a G or H cup. Mm -hmm. And so I found this little niche for myself and it was was comfortable but it was going nowhere. You know, I just had very small regular brands where I could barely, you know, pay my bills. I certainly couldn't eat at the you know, yeah. Nando's I wanted to eat out. you know? <laughs> so I went back to the agency that said I was too small. And I was like, hey, if I give you all these clients, you can take 20%. I just want to be signed to Oh, you. so you're a fucking genius.
0: <laughs> pardon, pardon my French, but that's incredible. Like everything
1: is leverage. Everything but is But how leverage. old are you at this point now? Still like… I'm now like 19. I mean, that's really,
0: yeah. really intuitive Thank and intelligent you. for a 19-year-old.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wanted Truly. it really bad. It's
0: incredible. That's very smart.
1: I will say if someone ever asked me, like, why did you make it? And I would, I would literally just say to them, I wanted it.
0: Yeah, you did so it. Bad. Yeah. That's, you know, it's brilliant. You should be very proud of yourself. I'm sure you are already, but that's major.
1: Thank you. To
0: think like that is really savvy. Yeah.
1: So I went back and and again, I was lucky, right? You know, they actually had a new book in Nicole and she was also feisty herself and she wanted to kind of make a splash in the industry. And, you know, she was just in a curvier body and she was all for it. She was like, I want to see more girls like you. I want to see just more of everything. And so we did some great editorials and she was like, there's a New York agency coming over. And she goes, I think that you should meet with them. Um, and that's when I met with Jag, who I'm still with. And I just told Gary my, my story. And he was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> He's like, you're willing to do anything. I was like, anything. Yeah. <laughs> I will sell my soul, no. <laughs> um, and he was just like, I like it. I think we can do something together. So long story short, you know, a f- few months later, I moved to New York and I did a six-week trial. Broke up with my boyfriend in London. I was like, see yeah, you later. See ya. <laughs> I was like, this later, is my <laughs> one chance. This is my one chance. I'm going for it. And um, it was very exciting. And there was definitely hurdles even when I got there. You know, I there still wasn't brands that wanted someone my size. So I I wore fat pads for a while and I hated it. And I said to Jag, I, I, I earned a little bit of money by doing that. And then I said to Jag, I was like, I can't do this. It'd been like maybe like four or five months. And I was like, this feels this goes against everything I'm trying to do and they were like but what if you don't work and I was like I'm gonna have to risk it Mm -hmm. and I was like can you start putting me forward for castings that are only asking for sample size and just send me there and just see and see if I can just show them a different option and at the time obviously Aerie started a no retouching campaign it was like the same time I moved to New York and I was like I need a casting with Aerie yeah (laughs) they're doing everything that I believe in and so I went to that casting and I knew I had to stand out. So they were asking models, what's your favorite body part? And we were doing these cute videos and girls were like my eyes, da, 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 my lips. And I was like, I've kind of got webbed toes. <laughs> and they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, look. <laughs> and they, I guess they were like, oh, we'll take the webbed toe girl. It's <laughs> so cute. You know, it's just, I, I definitely, um, I also went to my agent and I came with a laptop presentation about what I wanted to do. Mm. And… Um, told what him, side are you? Virgo. I was asking, you are <laughs> such a Virgo. <laughs> and he goes, I've never seen a model come into the agency with a presentation. Yeah. He started crying. He said, I've been doing this oh. 25 years. He said, there's no one that's… And I was like, I've got this one chance. And I, I mean, I'm basically… In a way, I felt like I was conning the industry. And not in a bad way, but just yeah. that I, I was having to convince everyone that what I'm saying wasn't batshit crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was basically saying, hey, do you know that I'm someone who buys stuff and you're trying (laughs) to advertise to someone who buys stuff? Yep. So do you know anyone could be in your campaign? Because we're all consumers. And so when we talk about diversity and representation, it's just everybody and all people. So... You putting this set standard of, hey, we're looking for a person in this casting that's aged between 16 and 21. They've got to be between 5'9 and 5'11. They've got to, you know, be this size. That's not what your customer looks like. Mm-mm. Your customer looks like me. It looks like you. It looks like everybody. So and then I was very lucky because at the same time, social media started. Yep. Instagram, got old Instagram. <laughs> that's like 10 years ago now. And I remember doing what everyone did, right? Posting your Sunday lunch, posting a cute dog, this and that. And then I remember getting a bit bold and brave and posting a black and white shot that was unretouched in my undies and talking about how as a model, you know, this body size hasn't been accepted and this is how it made me feel. Da, da, da. Just like a bit of an open monologue. At, at this point, I'm probably speaking to 800 followers. Which, by the way, at the beginning of Instagram was a lot of followers. It was quite so. a lot. Yeah. And, you know, we're mod- models, right? We have pretty images to post, mm-hmm. it was much easier for us to grow on there. And uh, a lot of people responded to it. And then I was like, oh, oh, here
0: oh we go. let
1: me talk to people more. So obviously their community grew and grew. And then, you know, I did, I feel like because I was so open and vocal and posting my body and retouched, I got trolls before trolls really even existed, you know. So I think my first post about trolls was, you know, some guy who told me, You're the reason the healthcare system is effed up. You need to put down your McDonald's and your chips. At which point I was literally on a lingerie shoot, which is also ironic because I'm actually getting paid at this point Mm -hmm. to wear clothes, anywho. So I get all these chips and I'm like, hey, can someone take a quick video of me? And I did a slow-mo of just (laughs) flipping off this troll and like did a post and no one had talked about trolling. So I was very lucky that Mm -hmm. with my timing, I think I spoke to things that were just starting. Absolutely. I like, knew no, no one really knew what trolling was. I almost yeah. feel like we kind of coined it. And then that went very viral. I think that video was like 800 million people saw it. it was on CNN and this and that. And it was like, I didn't even know what viral was. That made my Instagram blow up. And like I said, I got a few people saying, Oh, you should be careful. Brands won't want to work with you. And I was like, I think they're going to want to work with me more. And I was like, because you do realize the people who are following me and like what I'm saying are the people they're trying to sell swimwear to. It's so
0: confusing to me that people don't understand that everyone's a consumer. Yeah. It's so, I've never understood it. It's always really bothered me. Like, And too, by the way, now you and I are on both sides of it. I mean, not to your level, Jesus, my God. But (laughs) like when I've done castings for my brand, from the very beginning, I've always said, just send me normal girls. Just send me a variety of girls. Yeah. And they were like, are you wanting curve? Or are you wanting no, our regular girls? And I remember saying, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like, why can't I have girls of all sizes? There was right. no, yeah. give me like a six eight. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, that's not big enough for curve. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I've always said, can you send me normal or any kind of girl, <laughs> it doesn't have to be within this yeah. tiny measurement or this other measurement that to you means curve. It made mm-hmm. no sense to me. Mm-hmm. It was—it's always been because it's this weird thing. It's—I don't. It's like a catch twenty-two because it's like you're the agency. You need to be making more responsible. Like you have way more control than you think you do. So okay. why aren't you taking more chances on all types of bodies?
1: Mm-hmm. It was so. odd for me. But you know that I have been in the position where I asked an agent at one point, I was like, why don't you have a size 24 model on your books? And he goes, we're trying to find one right now. No one believes they could be a model at size 24. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And, you know, based maybe in the right area and da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, so there's so much work to be done and which there is now. And I think that influencers have bridged the gap. Absolutely. Because I say, if anyone, because a lot of people ask me, about, how do I get into modeling? How do I get into modeling? I'm like, you can model right now. Literally. You have a unlimited mm-hmm. resource called social media that all your successes depend on how much time you invest in energy. And obviously, you have to have other things. You Ideally, you have something important to share or something is entertaining or something is educational. But still, if it's modeling-wise… Just
0: create. I only find girls on Instagram now. Yeah. I only. mean,
1: yeah, that's that's really how I took off because I would do multiple, multiple shoots a week that weren't organized through my agency, which they didn't love. But, you know, I was never a rule follower. You know, you know, if you were going to sign me, I've never followed the rules. I wouldn't yeah. be here if I followed the rules. So I'd just do all these shoots and I'd just be posting content, content, content. And, you know, that's how it grew. And it was, it was a really fun time. It was really fun because I then started getting invited to stuff. And I'd be like, me? <laughs> really? I just had to come in the back door and now I'm like in there. It was very bizarre and to be, you know, on the cover of Glamour and Cosmopolitan mm-hmm. and Self and all these magazines, you know. And six, seven, eight years ago, I was being painted green and I was on a costume, a Halloween costume, fancy dress, you know, shoot. Oh god, I'm still on those. You can see me as a chef. Or, you know, as a policewoman. You know, those like really yes. cheesy shoots. Yeah. The, like, yes. <laughs> it's just so great because… And, I have a friend who's on a lot of them and she's
0: just like stopped modeling and is now like a normal person and like every Halloween, it's like, there's that time of
1: year again. <laughs> she could be on the cover of Glamour, magazine. Know. Like, <laughs> You know, it's just it nuts. I did not think that, they, you know, I could ever be taken seriously. And it was just like, it's just like, why not? You yeah. know, you, if you just really go for it. And, and social media allowed me to do that. Social media was the people who I wanted to connect with and they didn't have any limitations on me. No, of course not.
0: We're supposed to go to the OBGYN once a year for annual checkups, but I don't know why those checkups don't include checking in with our fertility. That's why you guys know how much I love Modern Fertility. That's why it was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, which is also, you know, how many eggs you have compared to other women your age and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for best steps. And they can give you advice on how to speak about your results with your doctor. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over a $1,000, but Modern Fertility gets you the same info at 159 a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash Pia, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can put those dollars towards modern fertility. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make the decision that is right for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Pia. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at the doctor's office. This is a gift. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Pia. That's modernfertility.com slash Pia. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you not just live a healthy, balanced lifestyle, but truly enjoy it with delicious, plant rich meals and functional wellness essentials that build a foundation for radiant health. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready to eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are made with powerful plant-based ingredients, helping you boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus it's all delivered right to your door. I literally don't know how they do it. The Sakara shop is stocked with functional plant-rich products and wellness essentials to help you create a body that you feel strong and vibrant in, like their best-selling metabolism super powder, which is a 10 out of 10 for me. Add it to your coffee, your smoothies, anything. They also have plant protein bars, teas, and their newest functional snack, super seed and nut blends. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, the New York Times, and more. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash best or enter code best at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash best to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash best. And how was, how was it for you mentally when you got pregnant outside of, okay, are you know, am I going to do this? We're going to do this. And, you know, once that because I, you know, I've I've struggled with my weight and eating disorders and being body positive, and I was in it. It's been, you know, i fluctuated by fifty pounds since I was twelve. Yeah. And so, have you have you ever thought? Because I always grew growing up, I always thought, what the hell am I going to do when I get pregnant one day? Because mm. it's so hard for me. My body image is already so hard for me. How am I going to deal with this as an adult? Did you ever have those thoughts when you were? I younger. did. I
1: was worried about the lack of control because I knew control was something that played into why I had an eating disorder because it was something I wanted to control and succeed at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was worried that it was my body was going to feel out of my control again and just… But it didn't because like I said, I had this tiny human inside of me mm-hmm. and you just instantly have this just undeniable need to nourish them in the best way possible. So in a way, it felt like my most secure time Mm. with body image and, you know, eating disorder, mental health, everything felt in the best possible place because I was like in charge of and proud of Mm. and able to. And then I would say postpartum was much harder because it's, I knew, I don't believe in snapback culture. I don't believe in any of that, but I will say there are still things that I, like to accomplish with my body. Yes, I like to feel strong. I like Same. to be able to jump really high and just like do a boxing class and like keep up and like, and I lost a lot of that. Rightly so. I didn't sleep. I chose sleep over a lot of things. Of course, But I felt like I was uh, failing, you mm-hmm. know, in, in a way of keeping up with my health and fitness, you know, not nourishing my body the way I was when I was pregnant, just mm-hmm. grabbing convenient, quick food, because I didn't have time to do home cooked meals or even go to the grocery store to get fresh fish or of
0: course. so
1: that was more of a struggle of getting in the mindset and making sure, am I confusing this with wanting to snap back? You know, yeah, like totally. Am I what am I doing this for? And I'm like, no, I just genuinely miss feeling strong, feeling capable. I go through
0: this all the time because, you know, I'm still I was exactly I was my pregnancy weight until recently I was able to lose 20 pounds and I still have 40 more to go till I'm where I was before I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that was a weight where I had like finally let go of all this control and had gained some weight and I was so happy with how I looked at that point. I was like, you know, whatever. And like numbers don't matter and my husband loves me and I feel so proud and I'm so happy, but I don't feel healthy like I used to. I'm more tired. I find I have weird cravings. I go on walks. I'm exhausted. And so, yeah. Also, I don't want to have to buy a whole new wardrobe. So I'm like, mm-hmm. if I can get back to, to what I was, because that was where I felt really comfortable in my life in terms of like the ups and downs. And I don't want it to be snapbacky. And I don't want it to be about a number, but I do want to feel how I felt before I got pregnant and it's this weird guilt.
1: Yeah, it's been hard for me to have these types of conversations because, you know, we, I am part of a very delicate community. I don't like the word delicate. I. It's just, you know, we've been through a lot. And yeah. you have to be so hyper aware of what could be triggering for someone that it is sometimes really hard to have conversations like this because just because you're recovered, it doesn't mean that you don't want to sometimes have a change, like a lifestyle change Mm -hmm. or accomplish certain things with your body or have goals that might be health related. Absolutely. Um, And those things are really hard to communicate. um, But yet so important now as a new mom, I think to share with each other, because I don't want anyone to feel like there's been such a push for like, you shouldn't be focused on weight loss or your health or anything about that. You should just be focused on your baby and like guilting you that direction. Yes. You know, and then is just... Ugh. I post
0: something this morning. I said, I don't ever want to feel like I'm making anybody feel any type of way because I am you and you are me and we are all going through this together. Mm-hmm. But it is fair to have a desire to feel just how I felt before I was pregnant. What that means, I don't know, but I... I kept saying, I said this morning, like, what's frustrating for me is like, I don't find anybody who I identify with in terms of working out. I see like Mm -hmm. very thin women with body types that aren't mine, like, getting really famous on Instagram and like Mm -hmm. showing off their workouts. And I was like, I just want to do 20 minutes this morning looking at somebody who has a similar body type to me, who just yeah. wants to be strong and healthy.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. That, I that mean, was really
0: frustrating to me. I today. actually just
1: partners with Oxford. I don't know if you saw that, but I, I have because that was actually really important for me to figure out how I could get into the fitness space mm-hmm. and speak to that exact thing where it was like, uh it feels like an icky place still filled with toxic diet culture, filled with kind of misleading information mm-hmm. and like super unrealistic expectations of like, also, I'm going to start my health and fitness journey. I'm going to start working out. And then it's like, you're going to work out every day and then you're meant to have this like 60 day reveal of your new body. It's like, no, no, That's I just want to move <laughs> for 50 to 20 minutes and be able to go on a hike and see the sunset and yes. not be completely fatigued. Yes. Honestly, I've, I've gotten fatigued on a phone call. Yes. I've been out of breath on a Zoom. That's mm-hmm. I don't want to be out of breath on a Zoom. No. Or like picking up my baby and like have a, a bad back. It's just like there are things I want to do for my body that require movement, fitness, function, functional training. And yeah, I think there's a lot more conversations to be had in that space. Yeah. I think we just have to do it.
0: Like I think so. I've been me, open about listening. it the whole time. Yeah. Like, and I remember being pregnant and being like, no, like… There's no snapback happening for me, everyone. Like, I, that's never been me. It's mm. not going to be me. You know, I gained 60 pounds. I was, like, proud of the 60 pounds I gained. But I was like, this is not coming off right away. And also, away.
1: I think we have to… Why are we also judging someone who says that that is a goal for them? Mm, that's what I… That's what Just let them, let them live, live. Their Also, life. genetics
0: are a real thing.
1: <laughs> yes, Our bodies are
0: all very different. So I was like, I'm going to say this. And by the way, if somebody does have a body that doesn't look like mine a couple months after they give birth, that's wonderful for them. Yeah. Their body is different than my body. Absolutely. It it shouldn't be. Because when I did say that, everyone was like, yeah, snapback culture is toxic. And I was like, I don't know. I have friends who gave birth and were in jeans two days later. Right. That's their body. Why should she feel bad? I know. The whole point is nobody should feel bad.
1: (laughs) There's a lot of this. It's like how much energy are we putting into just finding a problem with something someone's saying or doing? Can we just focus our energy for the things and supporting the things we do like? And just turn a blind eye to the things you don't. There's too
0: much comparison. And I think we're all very different people. And we've forgotten that. It's like it all has to be one way or the other. And I think when you release yourself to the (laughs) fact that we are all totally different. Not one experience is the same. Not one body is the same. Everyone comes from such a different place. Mm -hmm. And you stop trying to say, well, it just releases everything. And you know what? There was a
1: really great um, conversation that I remember listening to on who knows where. But they were telling me, and it really spoke to me. They were like, if you only follow people who completely align and agree with what you think and say— it's going to warp your perspective of everything.
0: Absolutely, Because then
1: you're not following or listening to anyone else's opinion. So you start to believe that that is absolute truth and gospel. And then anything but that or anyone else that has a slightly different opinion or viewpoint to you is completely false. And you know…
0: And the world it, doesn't
1: work like that. It doesn't work like that. On what planet do you completely agree 100% with anyone? You don't even completely agree with your mom, your dad, your partner, you know? So do you. My kid, you know? Like, no, we're not having chicken nuggets again. You know, like, it's just like you... So this, for me, they've put so much pressure on people in the public eye to be total perfect advocates, to completely agree with everything that they're saying Mm -hmm. and doing and wanting and thinking. And it's like, please take that pressure off of any human. Yeah, It's too much. Don't expect you to agree. I don't expect five million people to look at my Instagram and agree with absolutely every word I yeah. say. Could you imagine? No. How would I possibly
0: be able to do that? You should be extremely proud of the space that you have created for everybody. It makes me emotional. It's like, really, it, you should be very proud because you've taken on a lot and you've done it very gracefully and you've done it at the beginning of all of this. And it's not easy and getting trolled is really, <laughs> no matter how strong you are, it hurts your core. Yeah, It really, really does.
1: And if I didn't have that support system and that love for my parents and, you know, a partner like Philip, it would be, defi- it would be, it would be hard. Mm-hmm. There's definitely been times where I've just been in a mess. Yeah. I remember one time there was a, a whole cover story and it was for a, a health and fitness magazine. And I was on the shoot with the editor-in-chief. Little did I know the editor-in-chief was leaving. So by the time that it was published, she'd already left. And uh. I specifically said to her, this cannot come with a meal plan most of their cover stars would do like a page and it would be like, you know, our cover star Iskra, her meal plan, what she likes to eat. I never told anyone what I eat, nothing like that. So anywho, I'm on a flight, I land and there are open letters to Iskra Lawrence on on websites. There are videos of girls just going- Why does like, this always happen when you don't have access to your phone? I have access to my phone and it was like a long flight too. It's like New York to- UK so people just thought I was like ignoring it and not caring and I was like what I, you know and you just come off and I was just bawling my eyes out I was like everything I've built like in one second people can discredit everything you've ever done and mm. believe that everything else was just bullshit or that you you know so it, that was devastating and I just had luckily my parents around me and I just cried and they were like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But there are girls just, it was like they were just ready. They were ready. They were so like excited to take me down. And that was, oh my gosh, that was a long time ago. Maybe like 2015, 2016, probably 2016. There was actually an influencer. who's She's a big influencer. She wrote a big open letter to Iskra Lawrence and called me out and did all this stuff. And, you know, I was the worst thing, you know, in the world. And she apologized not that long after and like kind of did a second statement. And then I want to say six months ago, she reached out just privately mm. on DM. And I, I never want; to, I would never screenshot or post yeah. anything and be like, but she apologized again, like a real apology where it was like voice notes. And she was like, I realize now what I did and I'm so, so sorry. And I can't imagine if someone had done that to me, blah, 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 blah. And so I think in a way it was a blessing. It's, I would have, I would never, I don't believe I would have ever called anyone out personally, But from that experience, I knew no matter what anyone did, anyone that promoted diet tea that I used to buy when I was in my teenage years, you know, trying to just poop out calories. That's Mm -hmm. what you're told is a great idea. Done a lot of that. Done a lot of that. (laughs) And it's like, I would never post someone and tag them and be like, this person. Never, never. You know? When it's so far
0: from who you are as a person or anything you would ever do, it's extra confusing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did when I was, I think, 19, I did a TV commercial for a diet pill. And the hilarious thing was I was a US, like I said, six to eight. And I was the the before I was the chubby bride being like squished into a wedding dress and then I had to take the diet pill and then another model was running on the beach (laughs) because she was the aster. I was still in my eating disorder or maybe this was when I was 17. I can't remember because just a lot's happened. And you know, I did that and that is probably somewhere on the internet forever. Does it mean I would do that tomorrow? Absolutely no, not. No, but it's like, come on, everyone. Let's just have some forgiveness. And I was very lucky because obviously I did not approve that. So I reached out to the magazine. I said, "You need to. I need a public statement from you on your page saying that I had nothing to do with this." Did it? And they did it because they knew they were wrong. Did that wrong. rectify
0: anything? Or, but the damage has been done to you emotionally already because you see and hear all those yeah, mean things. It did, but it
1: did really help because. You know, I, I, people, I don't know what they were expecting, but it, it helped that they made a public statement yeah. saying. But, but yeah, it was, it was amazing seeing how quickly. And some of those were girls that posted me all the time and were huge fans. The ones that are like, huge fans
0: that turn really quickly. Wow. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God bless you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've been through it. If any of you are listening to this and you're like, I want to become a, you're probably listening to this like, oh, maybe I have second thoughts. But no, it's been an amazing, journey i've seen a bunch of things and it's not it's shocking that just, these things
0: happen so you're not telling anybody anything they don't know already
1: right and you know it's definitely just the beginning for salt air so yes it it's is. a very exciting time well, the
0: campaigns are beautiful the imagery is beautiful the bottles are beautiful <laughs> you should be so proud of yourself <laughs> thank for another you. wonderful thing you've created
1: and you've created a wonderful baby
0: <laughs> you do <too. laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much where can people find you and where can they find salt air
1: So you can follow me at Iskra and you can follow Saltair at Saltair. (laughs) S-A-L-T-A-I-R. Wonderful. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course.
0: And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.